Well, good morning, guys. My name is Nathan Chang. If you don't know me, um, I'm a church planning resident here, and you might say I'm incubating with New City right now before they send me out. And so we have exciting developments with our family and stuff, and so um, we're, we're just excited to be here. But if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up to uh, John chapter 15 as we just meditate on abiding um, in, in the series called uh, Be the Gift. Or is it called Be the Gift? It is called Be the Gift. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and, uh, and while you're doing that, let me just also share an opportunity that, uh, just uh, to invite your friends or family. Um, I was told Miriam and Shawnee will do the Christmas Eve service together. Um, and so we're going to do that, obviously, on December 24th. Um, I don't have the time or whatever, but I'm sure that will be coming up. And, and so just an awesome time um, to invite people. There's always those who go twice a year to church twice a year. And so you can invite those um, friends or family. And, and, and so mark that on your calendars. But first, let's raise your hand if you've used Google Map to get anywhere or any kind of map. Okay, yeah, all of us. And so it, 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 we, we type it in and we go where we want to go. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And so you, you type in your, in your starting place and then you hit enter. And then can you go on the, on the next slide? I have the Merriam City Church, the new Loma Vista campus. You just type it in. And then you have the desk. It's amazing. And so what I'd like us to consider in, in, in John chapter 15 and 16 is, is your blue line. Is, is, it, it's a blue line like this this morning. And, and there's a couple of reasons why I want to think of it that way. John chapter 15 is, is part of the story where chapters 13 to 19 form a, a section in John. And 13 and 14 is, is what you might say, the New City, New City Church, Miriam, where, where it's the destination, I'm not sorry, the, the beginning points. And, 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 and there's a journey in 15 and 16 where we're looking at, and then chapters 17 and 19 is, is the final destination. It's the whole reason why Jesus even came on earth. With where, where he goes and washes the disciples' feet. And then Judas goes off to betray him. And Jesus is then arrested and tortured. And eventually he goes to the cross. That's the destination. And then in chapter 14, it literally ends with Jesus saying, Rise, let us go from here. Okay? So we're, we, we, we see chapter 15 as sort of this, um, in the context, as this continuation point. And so what I'm saying here in, 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 in the blue line chapter, in chapter 15 and 16, is, is a here to there. Now, the second reason why I want us to think about this is we're all on a journey, right? We're all going on this blue line, and, 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 and the specifics of our journey is different. We all have our unique stories. Every one of us could stand right here and give a testimony, and we can all just praise God. We's like, go God for what happened in your life, or... And, and, and stuff like that. But we all share commonal, commonalities though, right? We can all say at one point we were not followers of Jesus, even though you might have grown up in a Christian home. And, but then there was a certain point in your life where you, 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 you realize, man, God has been there all along, where, where your eyes are open and you just, you just want to become a follower of Jesus, right? There's that, there's that turning point, and you realize, man, God's been there this whole time. He's been there. I just hadn't been able to see him up until that point. 
Again, the story might be different, but it's that same commonality. We all share that. And so we're all on a, a blue line, so to say. And, and so this is where we are, and, 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 and we have a destination. We have a hope that we want to go to. And so what, I, what I'm calling us to do, because Jesus is calling us to do in chapter 15, is we want to abide in that blue line, if you, if you will. So let me chase a rabbit here. How many of you have gotten off the blue line and went off on your own way from time to time? <laughs> all of us, okay? All of us. And some of us, it didn't take long. It's like, it's just, you're off on your way. You think you know better. And then, but then you get right back on. Some of us love frustration. You chase things. You dance with the devil. You go after things you wanted. And Siri is screaming at you, turn around, turn around, turn around. Or more like, make a U-turn at, you know, so-and-so. As soon as you can, you know. And so get back on the blue line. And Siri is screaming at you. But then at some point, we can all probably relate. We're like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go back to God. I'm going to go back to Christ. And, and what, you know, isn't it amazing that any, at any point of the blue line, you can come back anytime you want. And God's always there to receive you again. That's the good news. And so we just want to praise him for that. But let's get back on track. Um, today what we want to do is just pour fuel on the, on the Holy Spirit thing that um, I think we all talked about last week, right? We, what we want to see here today is that fuel where, you know, when your car runs out of fuel, you just sputter out and you just stop. You can't go anymore. What, what is the fuel that just drives the Holy Spirit to work so powerfully in your life? And so I want us to consider John 14, 26, when it says, and I'm going to, I use the ESV, Matt Miller, and everyone told me I can use whatever translation I want. So, but it doesn't matter what translation we have, but I'm just going to read, just so you know, um, if you're wondering, why does his translation sound different than mine? I use the ESV. But the helper, or the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What does Jesus call the Holy Spirit? The counselor, the helper. What does this counselor do? He teaches you all things, and he brings to your remembrance all that he has said to us. Now, John 14, 26 says this, but the counselor, I'm sorry, today, uh, uh, that's what we're doing. So today... Uh, what we want to do is I, I, I want to reveal to you that the, the, the fuel that, that just powers a white-hot faith, the fuel that the Holy Spirit can use to transform your life is a personal relationship with Jesus that's real. And does, does that sound churchy? If you've, chur- if you've grown up in the church a long time, you've probably heard that a million times, at least in an evangelical-type church. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But... But, but what does that mean? I know I've always heard it, and it didn't just connect with me. It didn't resonate with me. When I, because I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and I heard that all my life. And, but I, what does that mean, right? Some of you, though, it, it, it was like, it was, you know, you were just told that you need to be religious, and that is what you needed to hear, because it's so different. But for me, it wasn't the case. It was just like, okay, but what is that? So I ho- what I hope today is by looking at John chapter 15 is I, I don't want it to be churchy. I, I want it to be life-giving, okay? So the fuel that powers the Holy Spirit's working in your life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's real and personal. 
So I want you to see it for yourselves. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at John chapter 15. This is the word of the Lord. Verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As, the branch, as this branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Every time I go in the Word, I just need to pray. So let me pray for us. Just receive the Word of God. Father, um, this is your Word. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would just be a fertile ground for your Word, that the seed may grow, that it would not be choked out by weeds, that it would not be uh, just thrown anywhere else, but we would bear fruit from your Word. So I, I pray, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. So help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... Let's consider who's who in the verse in, in these eight verses. Jesus is the true vine. Okay? God the Father is the gardener. And the branches are us. Okay? Now, let's think about this. Why did Jesus refer to himself as the true vine? I want you to stop and think about that. And I want to suggest to you that he calls himself the true vine. He's making this strong claim because he knows that many of us attach ourselves to false vines, right? And it's, no, it's not really that hard. You, 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 when you attach yourself to a vine, you, you, you start to sound like that vine, right? Your values are attached to that vine. Look at your money. Where does it go to? It goes to that vine. It's attached to it. Your time is given to this vine. And, 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 and so Jesus knew that this was a really big deal. And, and, and he knew that everyone is attached to something. We all want, we have this natural inclination to want to flourish. But what are we attaching to so that we can do that? And he knew that, 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 that we're all attached to something. And so he calls himself the true vine. And so, and so if, if there's a part of this message that seems hard, it's going to be this. But, 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 I, but my intention is not to tick you off or to make a strong, just get down on you. But, but we can't sanitize Jesus here. He, 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 we can't water him down what he's saying here. Because we, let's think about this. If Jesus is really who he claims to be, then us branches better figure this out, right? Stay with me on this thought. If Jesus was really God's son, if Jesus really lived a perfect life, if Jesus really died an intentional death, resurrected on the third day, and if he's currently with the Father, sitting at his right hand, and if he's really coming back for the church, then he really can demand and fully deserve our complete devotion. Right? So let me reveal how easily we can be attached to false binds. Um, uh, one is money, right? 
if, 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 if we're attached to the true vine, shouldn't Jesus get his first, right? We should be quick and consistent in giving Jesus, you know, uh, the, the things of God. Why? Because, because each time you tithe, you're telling yourself that your personal kingdom and your personal desires are not the true vine, right? Your money tells you what are you spending, what are you investing in. That reveals what kind of vine you're attaching yourself to. Time. Is Jesus our first priority? Um, do we make time to study or to pray or to serve Jesus? Is it, is it on our calendar? And, and, and when you hear the phrase, I just don't have time for that, what are you really saying? What is that person saying? It just reveals that we have attached to another vine than Jesus, right? Um, words. Your, rever- your words reveal what vines you're attached to. What do you talk about the most? What do you know most about? I mean, seriously, think about this. What songs do you know, right? Or what movies, lines, or stats, or quotes do we know? And yet, uh, when, we, when, we, when we want to think about the things of God... Um, if, we, if we want to uh, quote scripture, we have to Google it, right? And so, but what if you could quote scripture like you can quote a Garth Brooks song? I, I'm a big fan. And, and so, I think, but I think it's great if you can do both, right? Um, but, 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 but I also want to know, man, what does God say how to live righteously in a just jacked up world? And, and, and then Jesus provides that. So I know that was tough, but, but, but so in this chapter also, let's also look at something sweet and something very encouraging. We also see that God the Father is the gardener, right? What does the gardener do? Well, he's in charge. He's the one that plants the rose where he wants them. He's the one that manages his garden. He provides the garden what is needed. And all of verse 2 and verses 7 through 8 is about God the Father, so this is important. Look at verse 2. What does the scripture say the gardener does to branches without fruit? Scripture says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay? Now, I want us to think about this, though, in verse 2. Um, um, if you didn't know, um, I, I did a, a, a Ph.D. in church history, historical theology, and if you want to get into the program, you have to come in knowing Greek and Hebrew, and you also have to know two other research languages. So I learned French. I studied German as hard as I could. But I, I, I've never studied as hard as I can. Usually if you just study, you can pass it. I've never studied and then still fail. So I, luckily I got away with American Sign Language and, and they let me do that. So, because my parents are deaf and so I knew that. And, and so anyway, but, but so when I look at languages, I'm like, ugh. So, what I don't want to communicate is you have to know Greek or Hebrew in order to know the Bible well or in order to be spiritual. But I, I want to, so usually I don't pull in Greek, but what I want to do here is, is just to make my point here. Um, it, because that, man, that sounds harsh, right? If you don't bear fruit, man, you better watch out. It sounds like that. We're going to just take you away. You have no part in this. I don't think that's what's going on here. And just to prove it, um, I, I took a screenshot of a, of, a, of a Greek dictionary, and it says this, the Greek verb iro can mean lift up as well as take away. And it is sometimes argued that it is a reference to the gardener lifting things up. So here's the picture. 
If you go out to a vineyard, I used to live in Oregon. There's tons of vineyards out there. And I, I learned a lot just watching these things. And if you have a problem with alcohol, I, I'm sorry, we can have another d- discussion on that. But, like, uh, I was just there, and, 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 you know, no drunkenness, just moderation. But it was, it was a tasting thing. And, and so, but, but, but what's fascinating is, 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 is you have these vines, and sometimes there are the branches that are on the bottom. And, and, and they get dusty. They get dirty. Because all the other branches, they don't see the sunlight as much. And so the, vin- the gardener, what he does, or she, is, is take up those branches and lift it up. So that, and position it in a strategic way, so that branch can thrive more. Why? Because the gardener wants fruit. And that branch doesn't have chance. And so it's lifted up. I think that's where Jesus is going here. If you don't bear fruit, you don't have to be discouraged. Keep abiding in Jesus to the vine. He wants to lift you up. Because ultimately what God is looking for is fruit from his people. Okay? So that's the sweet thing about this chapter. He lifts up every branch that does not bear fruit in me, is what Jesus says. He lifts up every branch. And so if you're in Christ, sometimes your life does feel dirty maybe dusty, and you feel like you are far from the light. And I just want you to take heart. God the Father sees you. He doesn't want to leave you alone. He wants to lift you up, clean you off, and get you closer to the light so you can bear fruit, okay? And not only does the Father lift you up, look at what else that Jesus says. He also says that the Father prunes for more fruit, Pruning's a good thing. If you don't, bear, if you don't prune, um, um, the, it doesn't flourish as much. Pruning actually stimulates more flourishing. Gardeners know this. And so sometimes that hurts. God takes away things from you. And he, but what he's doing, he's pruning you. But also what pruning looks like is discipleship. It looks a lot like discipleship. Making spiritual observations, when you look to God's words for answers, when you're making adjustments within your life so you can take the next step of obedience. Pruning looks a lot like changing your habits, even good habits. And so this is where God goes to work in you, where he, where he wants you to reach this destination as we're going along this journey. And so he's pruning you. He's taking you somewhere. He's the gardener. He's looking for a fruitful crop, a crop with a high yield, okay? And so this is what uh, that we'll see in verse 8. But for now, let's talk about the vine now again. So we already said that Jesus was the vine, but what does the vine do? The vine is where all the power comes from. The vine is where the fruit is produced. It's the very thing that keeps the branch healthy and useful. Okay? So that's one side. Now, we've already established that where are the branches. But what are we supposed to do? What's our purpose? It's, again, to bear fruit. The branch holds the fruit. Does the branch make the fruit? No. So we're blessed with an opportunity and a privilege of holding and bearing and caring and being responsible, being trustworthy with any amount of fruit in G- that Jesus, the vine, chooses to produce on our branch. We don't get to choose. 
And how cool is that? Our responsibility is, is to bear fruit, but, but, but it's not in us. All we need to do is abide in Jesus. And we get to bear fruit in the way he chooses. And so what I, here's what I want us to learn today. A, a, a daily devotion doesn't necessarily mean that you're abiding in Jesus. Right? That's not enough in itself. It's not supposed to be just a check mark. God's not impressed if you said, I read Habakkuk 1 today. It, that, that's not in and of itself enough. It doesn't equate to a relationship with Jesus that's real and personal. Reading through a Bible in a year is, is, is not necessarily equate to a relationship with Jesus that's real and personal. Going to church every single Sunday does not necessarily equate to a relationship with Jesus. Singing K-Love songs is not necessarily equate to a relationship with Jesus that's real and personal. All these things are good. So don't hear me wrong. It's just that it's not enough on its own. It's not, it's not in actually doing those things as a checklist that makes it a real, in relation, a real relationship. A, a, a real relationship with Jesus is just that. It's real and personal. And so how do you build a relationship with Jesus? It's not complicated. It's also not rushed. Right? I mean, you don't automatically become this mature follower of Jesus Christ. You don't automatically just feel so close to God. That takes time. And it's just like any of us who've had good friends and good marriages. You know that it just takes time. And and intentionality. So to build a relationship with Jesus, we have to choose first and just decide how much time are we going to spend with Jesus. How important is Jesus um, in, in comparison with other things in your life? Because the more time you give, the deeper the relationship is. That's just true in any relationship. It's relationship building one-on-one. So, if there's a, if there, so whatever the amount of time you choose to give, um, I think Matt Miller wants us just to think about these three things. I think it's, this, this is helpful um, to just to incorporate these three things, just to think about just a, a helpful tool. Um, and he has this thing called wow, how, I mean, I'm sorry, wow, now, and how. That's easy, right? Um, and so wow is where we brag on God, where we take the time to tell God why he's special to you. What if you just start with that? Instead of going, man, God, I haven't been with you in a long time, or just confessing, just start with, God, this is who you are. And what that does is it just reinforces the truths in, your, in, in what you know about God already and just brag on them. Just start with that. Wow, God, you're this. Or if you just see something in creation and, you're, and, and you're, you're just blown away by it. Or if you know that something good has happened in your life recently, just brag on that. Start with that first. Tell God why he's so special. Tell him why you appreciate him. And it's, an, and it's, an, it's a simple way for you to have a personal time of worship. The now part is tell God then the good, bad, and the ugly in your life. Just be real with him. And because he's God, he's already, he already knows, so you don't have to go into all the details. Have you ever been in a prayer with someone and, and he or she is just going through every single detail? And sometimes I'm thinking, I think, I know, I think God knows all this, right? 
Um, you're not telling them anything new. But I think what you're doing when you tell him this is he'd like to hear it from you. And there's something about just putting words to with what you're struggling with. Just naming your demons. There's this power in that. And, 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 and so you're building a relationship with God. Hey, this is what's on my mind, God. So you don't have to babble, but at the same time, you're, you're just telling him. And, and once you're done, remain in Jesus. Don't say amen. Don't get up. And so this is the part where we get to the how. Stop talking and start listening. I heard once, whoever knows the most should probably speak the most. So, God, what do you want to say about all this? I'm going to just sit here and just at, at your feet and just, I want to listen to you. Please speak to me. And, 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 and this is where the Holy Spirit comes in with the Holy Scriptures. And, and you're going through Scripture um, uh, with your mind. With, you've already told God the good, the bad, the ugly. Now you're starting to listen to him with his word. And I personally listen best with my eyes. And I just want to just open the Bible and see what God's Word says about the stuff that I told Him. And so when I come across a verse that speaks to my issue, man, I highlight that. Um, I, I, I type it in my journal. I, I study it to say, hey, what does it say about me and how, what am I supposed to do about it? So what good is it if you just talk the talk but you don't walk the walk? What does Jesus command us to do? He commands us to obedience, Right? And, and what if the church, all of us, just strive to obey God's word? And, and, and we're all doing this as a Merriam campus. What, what will happen? What does that look like? We have this church that is obedient to that, that is just an alignment with what God is wanting us to do. That, what if this whole church was, in, was staying on this blue line that God is calling us to do collectively? And who knows where God leads us? And that's the, that's the awesome thing. And, and so we're so filled with doubts because of the worldly challenges and stuff. But man, God is just so much bigger than all that. And he has exciting things. He's on a mission. And he's just asking us. He's inviting us. He's already there. So it's not like he's telling us to go somewhere. He's already there. He's inviting us to go with him somewhere. And that's the exciting thing. And so that's the wow, now, and how. And it's a simple pattern. And so it's just, a, and so, but the point is, you can even do that and completely miss it. Because checklist, I got that. Wow, okay, now and how. It's not about that. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about from start to end. And so one of the things, what we want to help you with is, is, is to, to develop and cultivate our relationship with Jesus together is this new series that we're uh, doing that Ray probably talked about called Believe. In 2019, starting in January, and, 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 and we're asking every adult to do two things. First, buy the Believe book and the Believe study guide that's on sale back there. I think it's $20. And, and, and join a Believe city group. Um, and I think if you're in a D group already, um, it'll, there, it'll be something to supplement it, but not take over it. Does that make sense? And so, and man, it, 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 wouldn't it be amazing if we just do this together? And, 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 and be better for it. And so, so but, but let's just go back. We're almost done. What happens if a branch doesn't remain attached to the vine? It withers. So Jesus actually says two things. The branch obviously will not bear any fruit in it. 
whoa, Nathan, I know in my life good things have happened. I didn't abide in Jesus. What's going on there? But here's what's interesting. Um, Is it fruit that remains? That's what Jesus is promising when you abide in him. You will have fruit that remains. I, I know where I've, I've done personally, I was on, on staff with the navigators at the University of Kansas. Um, I, it was, I was doing, I started a young adult ministry at a church in Chicago. Um, I was a pastor for six years in, in Portland. And so we've done a lot of, we've seen a lot of fruit, but then we got to leave. How's that ministry doing now? You know, and, 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 and what's crazy is um, I've seen in, in my personal history where, where um, it was too much about me. And so when I left, the whole thing just crumbled. Like this, I started a fraternity ministry at KU. It was going well, but then when I left, there was no more leadership. I didn't do a good job of putting in leadership. I don't, I don't know. I was still young. I was 23. I, didn't, I, I, did, I, I don't think I was mature enough. Not that you, you're 23, you can't abide in Jesus, but at me, my personal story, uh, I didn't abide in Jesus enough. And so it wasn't fruit that remained. There's no more of that. I'm sure there's another kind of fraternity ministry there, but not the one I started. And so, but, but, but if you remain in Jesus, it's not your fruit to begin with. And, 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 and so it, it's all about Jesus. It's not about you. And so I'm glad to say that, that our church in Portland right now, even though uh, I'm not there, it's still going thrive. It's still thriving. Um, I was a pastor at a, uh, a Chinese church there uh, as an English pastor um, there. And, and that's an interesting story how I got involved with that because before that I never even stepped foot in a Chinese church. And so that was interesting. But um, we had built the largest English ministry in the Portland area, and it's still going strong. And it, they didn't need me. It's not about Ray. It's not about whatever. It's about Jesus. And so because we made it all about that, it was fruit that remains. And so, so that's, that's one of the things that, that Jesus is, is saying, that when, you, when you're attached to him, it is fruit that remains. And what happens also? The branch gets burned up. That's the second thing. Look how the passage begins to end. Look at this crazy promise Jesus makes towards branches attached to the vine. And at the end, so if we do attach ourselves, ask and it will be done for you. When, when we hear that, do we hear that God is like a genie in a bottle? You know what I'm saying? Um, God, make my life better. And, and, but, but I think what God is teaching me over the years is, 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 is that what I'm learning is, it's, it's, is, is the more personal the relationship I have with Jesus, the more I'm attached to the vine, the more I look like the vine, the more I sound like the vine, the more attention I, that goes into the vine, the more I spend time with Jesus more and more. I'm asking God to do the things that I see him doing, not, God, make my life easier. Does that make sense? You're starting to think more like the vine. And so what I'm saying is, is as we spend more time with Jesus, the more our prayers are in alignment with the things of God. The more our prayers are, are, are is about me and my life aligning with God instead of asking God to do and to change his will to make my life easier. Does that make sense? And so that's where Jesus is going with here. And when we align our prayer to the very heart of God, just boom, things happen. 
And God does some crazy awesome stuff, which leads us to verse 8 and the very end. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That we're, we're, we are called to bear much fruit, and we're also, uh, it, just, it just it proclaims to the world, hey, we're followers of Jesus. This is why. So God is glorified in you. And so to today is a great day to make a, that next step for you. You don't have to wait. There's no point. It's like, let me wait until this point of this blue line, and then I'll join them. Like, you can do this today. We're going to do communion soon. What, what if that was your first step to just get back to it? If you feel like you've been stepping out of this blue line right now, maybe communion today, you can just, just turn that around, make a U-turn, and go right back to the blue line to go back to where God is leading us. Will you create a space to develop a relationship with Jesus that's real and personal? Maybe you can start, if you don't know how, maybe you can do that wow, now, and how thing. That's easy to remember, right? Today is a great day to start. And so join many people here at New City I know is already on the blue line. And we're going somewhere with that. We want you to join us and do this. Read scripture. What is God speaking to you? Because the Bible is, is written for you, not to you, but for you. And, and, and so you might be surprised at how real and personal the Bible gets and what God is doing through it. So let me pray. Father, um, I know that we are, we're in this, this now, but not yet. The kingdom is here, but not fully. And, 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 and so there is this, this ongoing tension to get off this blue line in our lives. And we, we have the spirit, but we also have this thing called the flesh. And, we're, and it's this ongoing tension. Father, spirit, I just pray, Lord, you would just overcome this flesh. And that we would just be in alignment with what God is doing, what God is doing in his mission. That we would make it a part of our mission. That every single detail, every aspect of our lives would just align with that. Help us, Father, with that. Help us go on this blue line. We're excited to see where you're going to go with that. And we trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.